broadcasting live from Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Libations Friday, Jeff Cameron Show. Hope you're well. You're in Tallahassee. Weather's gorgeous. Maybe you'll go out and play some golf. Maybe you'll make your way on over to, um, uh, I don't know. Well, I was going to say the grocery store, and I didn't want to give specific love. Everybody knows I go to Publix. And you'll you'll gather uh, uh, the drinks of choice for said Super Bowl. Actually, that's actually something, Tom. I was thinking about this. Uh, you and I are very similar here. Mm. Now, Big games, if it involves our team, we don't like to watch it with people. Correct. You want to be by yourself to watch the game, the big game. Mm-hmm. Um, because what we do for a living, partly. But also, I don't like to be uh, where I have to be uh, entertaining to somebody or have a conversation with somebody when I'm trying to concentrate on my team. I want to see what's going on. Do you do the same thing? Are you that way for Super Bowls? Uh, yes, I was, I preferred, you know, cause we were starting to come out of COVID a little bit, you know, in terms of like uh, comfort level, interacting with friends and acquaintances, parties, if you will, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The Buccaneers were in the Super Bowl, and a lot of friends were asking, what are you going to do? And I prefer to be alone. And, um, the way I treat those days too, because like, look, if you're in a group and people want to have fun, that's great, but this is, this is sports life or death. So I, I'd like to be with. Only, I would watch it like, for example, I'd watch the Super Bowl with you. I would yeah, because yeah. You, we have the same team. Now, if you were um, a, a Cowboys fan still and I was a Bucks fan and the Cowboys weren't in it, I'd prefer not to watch it with you. And I think you'd feel the same way. Like you have to be in it. Oh, yeah. But I'm talking about I agree with you there. If it involves your team. Yes. But what about the Super Bowl in general? Like when it's two teams, you don't give a damn about San Francisco and Kansas City. So it, it depends uh, how good is the party I'm being invited to. Do I mm-hmm. get access to the television? Because that's the other thing here. I want to hear. Yeah, I want to be able to hear it. The commercials sometimes, I don't really care. Some of them are hilarious, and some of them are just duds. And, and yeah. I get it. We're not the target demo for every commercial that the Super Bowl has. But, yeah, if it's one of those parties where you have to jostle for position, no, man, there, there is a, a balance there between – how many people are in a setting. Now, this is going to be fascinating this weekend. I don't know what the hell we're going to do. We could just watch it, the two of us up here, but we don't exactly have an inner circle yet to go to a party. I'm waiting to see if there are any drink specials, like our guy in Baton Rouge. <laughs> he, knows, he knows damn well where they're going to be, buddy. <laughs> so they're all broadcasting their specials for catering. Nobody is saying, like, hey, we got two for one. I'm like, come on, man. There's got to be somebody around here. It's going to get a little dangerous on Sunday. I'm just letting you know. Uh, because I'm going to the pub for a 10 a.m. showing of Six Nations between Ireland and Italy. Which will be awesome. That's a dangerous way to start the day on a Super Bowl Sunday. But remember, you don't really have to worry about it because you, sir, are uh, in walking distance of wherever you're going. No, that, but that that also (laughs) comes with, (laughs) I found in the first month and a half of living here, 
that does come with a sense of invincibility that isn't true either. No, so, no, you got, yeah. But just because you can walk no, where you're going doesn't mean you're empowered to be an idiot. And uh, I've failed in that regard over the holidays. Well, I'm just telling you, if worst case scenario happens and you've been overserved, walking to your house is an option that you're aware of. And it's nice. It's a, it's a yeah. better situation. Or when you've crossed the line and realized, I think I'm slurring my words. I should go home like that kind of thing when that, yeah, you know, you have that option. So have a big day, buddy. The only regret we all have on Super Bowl Sunday is the fact that the next day is not a holiday. And one of these days we're going to get this right. We're going to have a damn holiday on that Monday after the Super Bowl, or you just move the Super Bowl to Saturday. I've, I've never understood this. It really bothers me to know in as far as Super Bowls go, though. I don't like going to Super Bowl parties. I've been to a few. I don't like them because you're there to socialize. You're there to talk to people. You, yeah. you miss everything. And I don't care. I, I'm with you. Like a lot of the commercials suck. We have all these high expectations because we know the cost of the commercials. There have been some legendary commercials. And, you know, so I am down with that. But I don't like to go to Super Bowl parties primarily because people at Super Bowl parties, not all people, but a lot of people at Super Bowl parties aren't football fans. They don't care about the game. They yeah. care about yeah. Usher at halftime, who I don't care at all about. And they care about the commercials and they want to talk about it. And I want to watch the game. Sure. Well, that matters too. The halftime act matters. Um, if, if it's a crappy one, you're more apt to stay home, I think. Well, I, it could work either way. Now, a couple of our friends have very good parties, um, one of which has the more serious style that you're talking about, mm -hmm. and one of which has more of a blowout style party. Now, if it's a garbage Super Bowl, garbage. You know, you just you don't like either of the teams, man. You go have a big time, and you catch the game when you catch the game. Like I, I don't have to watch the Super Bowl start to finish if I'm of the mind that it's going to be bad. Like for example, for example, we didn't know this for a fact. New England, L.A. Oh my God, dude! You know what? Let turn the music up. Let's let's go. Let's have a good time tonight. Yeah, that game was embarrassingly bad. Thirteen to three. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was awful, and it was uh, annoying to watch. I, nothing about it. But um, that's also the one we had this discussion last week where we talk about the first part of the run for New England and their Super Bowls, Belichick more than Brady. Then Brady peaks. They don't win as many when Brady peaks, but it's Brady more than Belichick. Man, they won 13-3. to You're going to give that to Brady? Get the hell out of here. That's no, a Belichick Super Bowl. Yeah, no, man. Look, Belichick, I mean, we can't – people always want to relegate people to certain things that they can more easily digest. It's not that. Look, those two together are the greatest duo of all time, and it's not arguable. Yeah. I mean, Brady has seven Super Bowls. Belichick's won six. Also, Belichick was the architect of that Giants defense that shut down Buffalo's offense in the Super Bowl in Tampa. I mean, that's – look, Belichick is, is a god of a coach, period. Um, but – that said, yes, it was funny to see the latter half of the career with him. Where he got in trouble was trying to run personnel. He was terrible in the draft. I he could, just, he yes. just did an awful job in the draft. Yeah, the GM hurt the coach there, and it's the same man. Like, I can remember, there has been a, there have been duds. Uh, before the salary cap, there were a lot of them in the Super oh, yeah. Bowl. The Buccaneers have produced a couple duds, but we like those. We'll, we'll be locked in for those. The uh, The – Pittsburgh Steelers, Seattle Seahawks, 2005 season, 2006 Super Bowl. Um, that 21 was, to 10, it was awful. That was the only thing that was compelling about it. 
<clears throat> was uh, Jerome Bettis being home in Detroit. Like, they played that up. That's all they did was they played that up and up and up. The game that postseason was Pittsburgh and Indy when Vanderjat missed the kick. Like, that was that was the one. Yeah, but, good old Vanderjack who got liquored up. <laughs> but I, I will tell you that uh, Mike Holmgren's All-American charm aside and Jerome Bettis going home, that felt like the Super Bowl that it was. It ended up being. It's awful. Like, I would go to the blowout for that particular Super Bowl. Like, no way would I sit down and watch that seriously. You don't remember this. You were four years old, but I remember it very well, and uh, I had already graduated high school. Um, San Francisco beat Denver, uh, I think, in 1989 season, 90 Super Bowl, whatever that was, uh, 55 to 10, Tom. Mm. And it's just one of the worst games you've ever – it's awful. The next year is that Giants-Buffalo game in Tampa that's so good, 20 to 19. That's the Norwood game. But 55 to 10, it's just – well, uh, Denver played in a game like that in my lifetime, yes. but it was they were the winner over Atlanta. That game, I mean, again. Well, that's, the, that's the famous Eugene Robinson game. That is the Eugene Robinson game. <clears throat> that is the game, again, when you're choosing your Super Bowl destination, that game, we knew what was going to happen before it kicked off. You got Denver Green Bay. There was your classic. Yep. And the next year was, man, Let's have a block party today on Super Bowl Sunday. I don't need to worry about crap. I bet you would agree with this. There are two Super Bowls that I kind of thought would be duds that turned out to be great. I know one of one them. Of, one of them is New England, Carolina. Oh, man. Jake DeLone played like a badass that day. It's yeah. the best game Jake DeLone's ever played in. I mean, he was that good that day. It made no sense. Jake DeLone was the reason that we all thought they were going to get killed. And he was the only reason they were in the game. Mm-hmm. He was phenomenal. That was a three-point game. Yeah. Um, Overtime, right? Was, uh, it? was it? I don't remember. Hang on. 32-29, I think it was, or something like that. That's crazy. Uh, another game that I thought would be a, a certain dud that turned out to be great. Um, well, there's a couple of them. Uh, I thought, it, frankly, going all the way back, I think New, uh, New England-St. Louis, that's Brady's first. I didn't think that'd be a good game. I thought St. Louis would kill him. Yeah, uh, agreed. Uh, and actually, I was watching with my Aunt Ellen that day. Uh, she was in town snowboarding, and uh, she was a diehard Patriots fan. So was, I, we had a little connection the whole house, not just because we hated St. Louis for um, Buccaneers reasons, mm-hmm. but, like, you know, she was so, so excited. That was, a, that was a good memory for us. No, the kick went through with nine seconds to go in the uh, Carolina game. So it wasn't overtime, but it basically was sudden death. Yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah, a great game, yeah. I thought um, you were going to say uh, Pittsburgh and Arizona. Uh, that is, I think that's my favorite Super Bowl I ever watched. It was probably the best Super Bowl ever played. It was incredible. Um, that that was those were playmakers and every and that's the 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 Harrison Long touchdown run on the uh, on the goal line there of the interception when he drops back into coverage. Uh, you know what I heard by the way? I heard him this week, and and that's the one good thing about Radio Row and the Super Bowl. You get a lot of veterans that come back, people who've won Super Bowls, and they sit down and do a lot of interviews, and some of them actually say something. He was doing an interview. I don't remember where it was. I just read the transcript. And he said that that was that Dick LeBeau gave and one of the greatest, if not the greatest defensive coordinators of all time, 
uh, who Jameis had the misfortune of facing in his very first NFL game. I remember telling you beforehand, this ain't a good matchup, dude. Oh, first pass is a pick six. Yeah. His, yeah. his Buccaneers career, first yeah. and last passes were pick sixes. Well, and I just, I I knew the matchup of Dick LeBeau versus a rookie. I went, ooh. This and then a rookie nice. facing a cover two that had been around since 1998. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was, was going to be a problem. Um, so... Bottom line is Dick LeBeau told his players because he had so many good players on that Pittsburgh defense. I can't play the game for you. I can tell you what you're going to see. I can prepare you for what you're going to see based on trends, based on what they've done in the past. But if you see a tell, you have the freedom to exit out of whatever your assignment is in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so nobody was more famous for doing that than Troy Polamalu, who would routinely just decide I'm coming off this guy or this area of the field, or I'm just going to leap over the line and sack the quarterback because I've started to figure out what his count is. You know, like he would do things like that. Well, Harrison said in that moment, he had seen the film over and over and over again, that when they got down to the goal line, Kurt Warner, often would audible out to a quick pass and it's when everybody stacked inside and rather than bang your head, he would often opt out and just throw a quick pass to the left. Harrison said in that moment, he got lined up. It was an all out blitz. They called, uh, it was, it was, it was God. He said the name of it. I can't remember whatever they called it. It was all out blitz. His job was to crash down so that Timmons, Lawrence Timmons can yep. come out, and he was telling about this. And uh, from there, he said in the last second, he decided, you know what? We've got this blocked up inside. We're good. I'm going to step back and see if he throws it so I can bat it down. He just wanted to bat it down. And he said he took two steps back. Kurt Warner was looking right at him. And he said when he released the ball, I couldn't believe he threw it. And he said, so the Pro Bowl it, back then was a few weeks later after the Super Bowl or two weeks after the Super Bowl, whatever it was. He said, I ran into Kurt Warner afterwards and Warner walked straight over to him and said, you were supposed to blitz. I yeah. know you were supposed to blitz. Yeah. Why didn't you blitz? And then he said, well, why did you throw it? He goes, I didn't see you till the ball came off my fingers. And right when it came off my fingers, I saw you. And I thought, that big son of a bitch can't catch that. <laughs> <laughs> and then he did it. He goes 99 yards and oh, thing. Oh, man. And um, it's one of the legendary effort plays that didn't work because Fitzgerald ran 130 yards yeah, across yeah. the field, maybe more, really, when you're doing the triangulation of how long mm -hmm. he ran. And he came up just short. So really quickly. Here are some of the numbers from that. Well, some of the names first. You know the quarterbacks. It's Kurt Warner, Ben Roethlisberger. Ben only threw one touchdown in that game. Picked a good Never time. Never really had to do much, man. <laughs> no, it's true. The leading rusher for Pittsburgh, you probably would get it if I gave you guesses, but it's Willie Parker. He had mm -hmm. 19 carries, 53. The God, leading Willie rusher. Parker, wow. The leading rusher for Arizona was Edron James. Mm -hmm. Nine mm -hmm. carries for 33 yards. Here are some of the receivers' names, just to have you go in the wayback machine, because this game's longer ago than we want to admit. Uh, the two leading receivers were Santonio Holmes, he had the big catch, and Larry Fitz, seven for 127 and two touchdowns. Then there's Heath Miller, the tight end for uh, <laughs> Pittsburgh, mm -hmm. five catches for 57. Heinz Ward only had two for 43. On the Arizona side, Anquan Bolden, eight for 84. He would get his Super Bowl a, a few years later. Steve Breston, 
Oh, oh wow. God. Steve Breston, wow. six catches, 71 yards. Man. Kurt Warner threw for 377 yards in that game, I remember. And that was a 16-point fourth quarter for Arizona. And they could have won it, and I thought they were going to. And Ben Roethlisberger, who you correctly point out didn't have to do much, did throw the best pass in Super Bowl history. He did uh, in in football history, probably. It's uh, unreal. He actually did it twice, if you recall. He did it twice, and and I just remember, I did. This is the first time I started to think in historical terms um, during a Super Bowl, like legacies and things like that. When Larry Fitz breaks away with his sixty-four yard catch and run, because if it was fifteen yards at most, I think on the mm. route and the completion. He breaks a tackle. He breaks over the middle. Something happens, where it, and, and then he's free. And so you have four or five seconds to just go, oh, my God. I just This, this great receiver did it. And there's yeah. under three minutes to go when he scores. There's 247 to go. And I remember thinking, this is the singularly greatest wide receiver performance I've ever seen in a Super Bowl because of the importance of all the catches. Oh, my God, what a performance. And it gets lost to history, just like Julio Jones' catch in the 28-3 game down the stretch gets completely lost and glossed over by the comeback by the Patriots at 28-3. I know we got to bring Mom here in in a second, but I want to do something really quick. Darnell Dockett in that game had six tackles and three sacks, Tom. Oh, my God. Six tackles and three sacks in a losing effort. Lawrence Timmons... Uh, had five tackles, five solos uh, on that day. You had some Knowles out on the field, buddy, and you made me just go look it up because I was trying to think of which Knowles were out there, and I thought of their names, so I looked up those numbers. But it's fun to do this. Manuel Day Moore was on that team. You mentioned <laughs> Willie Parker, Edridge. J.J. Arrington was oh. on that Arizona team. Nope. Um, it's hilarious to think about those names. Uh, we'll we'll slide out here in a couple of segments. We got Mom. I got a real short question. You got to get red zone ready. We got we to gotta do it up. Yep. Uh, we'll do that next. Jeff Cambridge, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant Team. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply Hey, Seminoles, we all know how important it is to score in the red zone, but are you prepared for success in the retirement red zone? Five years leading up to your retirement date and the immediate five years after are a critical time of thoughtful planning for you and your family. And our friend and fellow Noel, Adam Tolliver, and his team at Artisan Financial Strategies are prepared to coach you to victory. Some of us, well, we're at midfield and want to plan ahead. Others are ready to punch it in on the goal line. They're making sure you know how much you can spend without running out of money, protecting yourself and your family against rising health care costs, or carefully planning your legacy. The Artisan team brings a combined 30-plus years of planning experience and world-class resources to help you navigate the way. For more information, just head over to KnollRetirement.com. Now, that's one word, 
noretirement.com. The Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Reminder, everybody, before we get to Red Zone and my friends at Artisan Financial Strategies, uh, I do want to, it's a big game this week, and we've been talking about it all day. Social Kitchen is open on Cary Forest Parkway. It's right next to Ology. If you've not been there yet, this is a good weekend to do it. Get out there today if you can, or Saturday. Uh, Chef Chris is awesome. All jokes aside, I always talk about rub your meats and all that. Listen, their food is delicious. If you're doing steaks for the Super Bowl, go get the Wagyu. It's one of the few places in town that have it. Uh, it is delicious. It makes a difference. It is an easy cook on the cast iron. I just did it recently. It's delicious. Social catering, you can do a find, uh, social kitchen, I should say, on uh, Cary Forest Parkway. Swing by, you won't regret it. All right, let's do it. Red Zone is set for now. Artisan Financial Strategies. Yeah, that sounder, Tommy? I don't even know if we do or not. Welcome to the majesty. Every freaking rep. The elegance. To win the game. Oh, it's the upright. It's no good. You have entered. Someone burned down the funeral home. You burnt the funeral home. Lives will be changed. Sideline. Touchdown. Unbelievable. Mothers will cry. When you see your players give all that they have and uh, and you lose that way, it's tough. Legacies are etched into eternity. I know who I am. North South Dakota was his brother from West Virginia. This is the red zone that's good to know always funny always good artisan financial strategies adam uh is a friend of mine adam Tolliver, uh and i'll tell you to go to noretirement.com and learn more but adam is uh, a pros pro a hard worker and really smart and his team is simply fantastic we had somebody recently say they reached out we appreciate that let us know when you do go noretirement.com all one word Adam signs his emails, yours in service. I don't think he would mind me telling you that. Um, that guy is all about it uh, and, and easy to deal with, wicked smart. You want to save your money. You want to have money for retirement. You want to be able to go on vacation. Whatever it is you want to do with your money, let the experts help you. Artisan Financial Strategies. All right, Tommy, we got a quick one here. What are the red zone questions? Okay, so I'm going to make it one question with two parts. All right. We've talked to four out of five of the Alabama transfers as of this morning when we're recording. Earl Little, Sean Murphy, TJ Ferguson, and Malik Benson. Mm -hmm. Roy Dell Williams counts in this exercise, but of the five Alabama transfers, tell me who the most productive player is going to be Mm -hmm. and who the fan favorite is going to be. Uh, Fan favorite will be wide receiver. Uh, Most productive will be Earl Little Jr. or Murphy. It's one of the two defenders. Wow. I like them both a lot. Uh, Murphy, linebacker. Most productive because Roydell Williams might be somebody who goes for 600, 700 rushing yards. He might. I'm wrestling with it. I'm telling you, if Murphy can play, He's going to be the guy. We we've gotten by. I, I want to see. I want to see some dudes out there at linebacker now. Murphy, um, he believes in himself. We'll probably uh-huh. run that clip on Monday. 
he, okay. he, he said something to the effect of like he's he's diligent, like every one of these guys that comes in, you can tell they got a plan, they they see the opportunity, they you know, the details mm-hmm. are there. But somebody asked a question because and, and I'm a pretty good football player. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you don't get recruited to play linebacker at Alabama without being a really good football player. That's the defensive side of the ball, that's Nick Saban's side of the ball. He said, Yes, I mm-hmm. believe in that young man. I'm going Murphy. One more thing on that note, two players mentioned, and they were both defenders, Roy, uh, Earl Little and, and Sean Murphy in their interviews, that they look forward to blending the cultures of Alabama and Florida State together, that they bring insights from what they've learned from Nick Saban. Both of them said this. They have learned from Nick, and they want to blend the two things together. Like, man, bring it on. Oh, infuse that into my blood, baby. I love it. I want to hear it. That's perfect. Hey, noelretirement.com. Go reach out to Adam and his team. They're outstanding, outstanding artisan financial strategies. Chef Cameron Show, Mother's Up Next. The Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. <laughs> Libations Friday, and this for the final time, an opportunity to talk to Mama. Frankly, I don't want to talk to her anymore. She put a beating on me this year. This hasn't even been remotely close. Mom ran away with it late, and as she'll point out, uh, at one point down five or six to me and then just turned the corner and never looked back after a really brilliant weekend somewhere in the middle of the year, and I've been reeling ever since. So if you would, cue it up. Let's get to and now for another edition of the family pick, Nick. Go to your room! My the meatloaf! Take it away, Jeffrey. All right, there it is. So we'll bring in mom now and uh, have an opportunity to, to congratulate her. Mom, you win fair and square domination. <laughs> I should send you a plaque or a belt or something I because know, you have it. This day should live in infamy. <laughs> well, if I'm going to get beat, it's not bad to get beat by mom. And then if I'm going to lose, I want to lose not close. I'd rather yeah. it be decisive. And <laughs> it right. has been decisive. I know. I just got very serious. I don't quite know what happened. But anyway, I just uh, I got a little luck involved, I feel sure. Oh, look at this at the bottom of the screen. Mom is the champion. Mom is the champion of the show. Well, well done, Tom. Well done. Um, All right. So all that's left is for you to pick this game. It doesn't matter if you get it right or not. Although I do think we both agree. This is a great game. I mean, it's, you know, I know you don't gamble really, but it's only a two point spread. So Vegas is right. I did not know that. Yeah. Well, I know it. I just, and I've gone back and forth and back and forth. I still am kind of going back and forth because I, I know I've said that I would really like the 49ers to win. I like, um, I like uh, um, John Lynch, you know, the general manager, and I like Christian McCaffrey, and I like the Brock Purdy story with Mr. Irrelevant and all of that. And I don't know. I really like the 49ers, and I'm going to be rooting for them. But it's it's really hard to to pick against Kansas City because it seems like I think I said this to you yesterday. Um, they really ramp up their um, their play in the in the postseason, 
and they just seem to find a way and everybody's playing better now i think than they they went through a kind of a lull or something during the season and didn't weren't playing too well but now it seems like they are so i i'm going to pick Kansas City but i really want the 49ers to win and if and if i if if, if this came down to whether i had to pick it and it was going to be whether i won or not I don't, I don't know for sure what I would do, but I'm picking Kansas City since it doesn't matter. One of the reasons that it's kind of improbable and it's hard to pick against Kansas City is that many of the ways that they've won has changed. You know, we forget last year when they beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl, first of all, they were getting stomped at halftime. Secondly, they had to come back and win 38-35. Um, yeah. It was a great Super Bowl. But like much of their success – Last year and the previous years where they've had success, those teams put up a ton of points. Kansas City could score, and they had those Tyreek Hill teams that could just fly. Mm-hmm. There was speed. You coupled that with Kelsey and then Mahomes' legs and all that stuff. This team is very um, pedestrian. They don't do anything all that well. Uh, Kelsey's still great, and Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. So it's weird to describe them as pedestrian, but offensively, the numbers tell you they're average. They're 15th in the league in scoring. They've been game to game over the course of the year. Tom and I talked the whole first hour about this. They had a hard time week to week just getting to 21 points, 24 points. Like this is not the same team. And so that's why we look at them and just say, well, God, how are you back in the Super Bowl? You had to go on the road twice. You know, you had to go to – Baltimore had a way better season. And, you know, a lot of people felt like it was Buffalo's time. And yet yeah. Kansas City went in there and did all of that. And that's why you get to a point where you're like, well, I don't know. I just can't bet against them anymore because they just keep winning. And that's the way I feel. Yeah. But I'm going to go against them. I'm going to pick San Francisco. Okay. And I, I mean, what the hell do I care? Yeah. And, uh, and, and I was – That's I'll, right. You might as well pick them. But also – there's a, first of all, they're the favorites. Yeah, <laughs> second, yes, I, that's true. Second, second, would you stop beating the hell out of your desk? I'm sorry, second, the, this pin, I'll show everybody, the pin fell down. Okay, second, <laughs> sec, <laughs> secondly, I do think there is a path here. Kansas City, if they've got one weakness on defense, it is their defense against teams who zone block in the run game, and that's what San Francisco does. And so I think they got to lean heavy. This has got to be a McCaffrey kind of game uh, because, A, it protects your young quarterback. You know, he's going to be saucer-eyed. And you got an opportunity to turn and hand the ball off to one of the best backs in the league. Offensive linemen love to run block. You can possess the football if you have success on the ground. That's the path for them to win the game. And that's the route I'm going to go with here. I think they possess the ball, and they don't give Kansas City a lot of at-bats, for lack of a better term. Right. And, they sh- and they shorten the game. But I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, and I think it's going to be kind of maybe San Francisco and a squeaker, 24-21. Yeah. Well, I, and I agree with I agree with all of that, and I, ho- and I hope you're right. <laughs> I just – I just when I go back and forth, I think, God, it's just that – you know, it's just that Mahomes factor, really. It's like he's like a magician. And, uh, and you know, I mean, he may not have to do a whole lot if they do – run the ball a lot or the hand it off to McCaffrey or whatever, but it's like one of those things where, and I don't even know for sure about the kickers. Like if it comes down to a field goal, I don't know whose, whose kicker is. Kansas City's kicker is very good. Hey, so by the way, 
obviously our Bucks have won a couple of Super Bowls. Yeah. Um, one of them over these Chiefs, 31 That's right, which amazes me. Uh, we beat their ass, Mom. It wasn't even competitive. I know, um, I know. But in fact, crazy. Kansas City should apologize for boring all of America <laughs> while the Bucks just That's beat their ass senselessly. That's the great thing about the Bucks. We've been in two Super Bowls and we've won two, and they really weren't stressful. Especially no, they the first one. The first one wasn't stressful at all. This one was 31 to 9 Tampa Bay, and then our other one was 48 to 21 over Oakland. Yeah. And we could have named our score. In fact, we were laughing at Oakland midway through the third quarter. It was over. I know. Um, Unbelievable. As nervous as I get in, in those kind of games with the Bucks, I really I was probably as as least nervous in those two Super Bowls as I was in at least after the first couple of quarters of any game all year. I have a question for you before I let you go. Yes. All right. So, you know, I'm 52 years old. Um, I not, you know, I can go back to 1970, probably 78, maybe even 77, 78 is what I remember. I remember the Dallas beat Denver uh, in 1978, 27 to 10. I remember that Super Bowl. They lost to the, the Cowboys lost to the Steelers the following year in 1979 in the Orange Bowl, 35-31 in one of the greatest Super Bowls ever played. Jackie Smith dropped the touch, all that stuff, right? Okay. Yeah. You're older than me, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this morning, I especially look older. Well, let me ask you a question. Do you remember Super Bowl one and two II and three because they're in 68 and 69? Well, I remember obviously the first one, Green Bay and sure. Kansas City, because we, you know, we lived in Miami, and um, and is that the first? Is that well, that's not the first Super Bowl? No, the first Super Bowl is Green Bay and Kansas City, and then it's Green Bay and Oakland, then it's the Jets versus Baltimore okay. in Miami. Now, you you might remember both the so the second Super Bowl and the third Super Bowl were both played in the Orange Bowl in Miami. Yeah, and I do remember both of those, and especially the Jets, because of course your granddad. We've told that story before, I think, where we lived next door to this guy who worked out on the beach um, and he was an entertainer and he was given tickets and he was not a sports fan. And he and of course, the Super Bowl, the third Super Bowl wasn't anything like Super Bowl, whatever this is, 50, yeah. whatever. And um, he just walked next, you know, next door to, our, to us and rang the doorbell and said to your granddad, listen, I got these tickets to Super Bowl. He goes, um, I don't really want to go, but if you want to go, I'll, we'll we'll go. And your granddad was like, well, hell yes, I want to go. You know? <laughs> and so they went, I mean, and saw. Well, think about how famous that is, Mom. That's Joe Namath's guarantee. I know. I know. I was supposed to get ready to say it's one of the most famous Super Bowls of all time. And, uh, yeah, they went, had a great time, and they had fantastic seats. I don't know exactly where they were sitting, but. But I definitely remember that one. I remember the um, wasn't didn't you just say it was uh, the Green Bay? Was it the Dallas Green Bay? No, Green. No, you remember uh, Pittsburgh That's and Dallas. The Ice Bowl. The yeah. Ice Bowl. Yeah. Well, what you, was the first one? Yeah, the Green Bay beat Kansas City in Super Bowl one, thirty-five yeah. to ten. They beat Oakland the next year, thirty-three to fourteen. Those are that's how Lombardi's legend was born. Right, um, right, right. And yeah, it, I do, I do remember those Super Bowls for sure. But I um. I think I remember the second one more than the first one because in the first one, I, you know, I don't think they hyped it up as much or anything like as they, well, obviously as they do now, but even as they got to the second or the third one, I think it got the people saw that it was going to be, you know, quite the game or whatever. 
And um, they didn't call it the Super Bowl back then. No. And you know what I think is interesting? If you go back, and this is the final thing I'll say on this, our beloved Buccaneers went from worst to first under John McKay uh, and had a chance. They, 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 they went to the playoffs. They won the division. If you go back to that 78, uh, 79 uh, Super Bowl, um, or, or 1980, 1980 Super Bowl 79 season. Um, that's where the Steelers beat the Rams. And if you remember, the Rams beat the Bucks in Tampa. Yeah. And we had a touchdown called back uh, on, a, on a ghost clip or something like that. And yeah, uh, yeah so that was, I think it was nine to nothing. Or something like that. We yeah, lost it, was, it. it was not a good score. No, it was crazy. So yeah, and we should have won. Yeah, so the Bucks could have gone to the Super Bowl um, way before they ever did, and really kind of avoided a lot of the misery that followed had I they know. been able to push through. But at that time, the Bucks and people forget this because they were so saddled with so many losses for so many years. But the the Bucks were the fastest team in history. To uh, to go from you know ex to, to be born and in, in, in birthed into the league to go to and win an NFC uh, go to the NFC title game uh, they were yeah. the fastest franchise in history to do that is that right I don't think I knew that yeah a lot of people don't because they were so god awful and uh, they were famous for all the consecutive loss streak and all of that yeah. Um, oh, yeah but yeah but then they you know McKay was famously asked um, about you said you had a, a five year plan. How did you know it would take five years to get here? And he said, well, that was the length of my contract. Had I had a four-year contract, I would have told you I had a four-year plan. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He was pretty funny. He was John very McKay. funny. John McKay was one of the funniest coaches of all time. I know. He had another famous line, too, that I can't remember. Well, it was, uh, what do you think about the your team's execution? I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I know. I knew there was something that he said that was very, very funny. I know, no, and he was also mic'd up walking back and forth one time, and he got tired of bumping into his players who were standing too close to the sideline. And he's like, I'll trade your ass to Green Bay next week. Next, <laughs> Yeah, he was, it was hilarious. Yeah, he was very funny. He and Hank Stram, that used mm -hmm. to be the Kansas City coach years ago. Yeah. He was also very funny. Well, you loved him. Matriculate the ball down the field, boys. <laughs> Matriculate the ball down the field. I love that. That he just cracked me up. Yeah, he was a really a fun coach to, to listen to and to watch. Yeah, I've been watching football a long time. I'm telling you what. Mom, I love you. Congratulations on your championship and Thanks. enjoy I'm the big to, game. I'm going to savor it. I'll send you something. I don't know. Maybe I'll get a little cheeky trophy mate or something well, and send it down. Well, if i have this bulletin board up here you know if it's a, if it's something i can pin up there i'll pin it up there well you could put it alongside your bucks memorabilia the I uh i can put it up next to my bucks memorabilia and the, the amazing about, i'll be happy about it but anyway well we'll see what happens with this game i uh i really you know i won't be devastated either way obviously because yeah. i do like patrick mahomes i'm just kind of sick of him now and everybody um, is uh, yeah, and the whole the whole team. But uh, I'd like to see San Fran win. So we'll see. We'll just we'll and we'll hope it's a good game. Bye, Mama. Love you. Love you. Bye, bye. Have a great weekend. All right, you too. Bye, bye. There's the champ, weighing in. And um, Tom, I appreciate your graphics. Thanks for that. Um, son of the champion was up there the whole time. I, I saw that champion next to it in the box. Yes, she can put the uh, trophy that I send her next to the. Incredible gift that a son who pays attention to their parents uh, gives, uh, which is the old school Bucks helmet signed by Derek Brooks. Mm. Which is yeah. really cool. So, really cool. 
um, two things. Number one, I, I didn't realize that the Super Bowl was not called the Super Bowl. So I went, I researched those facts really quickly. AFL NFL World Championship game was the yep. original name of the Super Bowl. Yeah. Pete Rozelle thought it should be called the big one or the Pro Bowl, which is kind of funny now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was Lamar. Let's see. I want to make sure. Yeah. Lamar Hunt. Lamar Hunt, who suggested Super Bowl because his son had a toy called the Super Bowl. And, he's, and he said, let me suggest Super Bowl. And so they tried it out, and it worked. And that's how it stuck, because of a toy that one of the owner's kids had. That's how you know, I, I, will, I will tell you this. It's funny. Uh, you just mentioned Pete Rozelle. I remember Pete Rozelle. I remember Pete Rozelle's time as commissioner. I remember it vividly. In fact, Pete Rozelle was my favorite commissioner of all time. I loved Pete Rozelle. Uh, I had a soft place in my heart for Pete Rozelle. He spoke definitively. My man knew what was going on. He wasn't annoying like the, today's commissioner. Uh, yeah, so Tagliabue is the first one I remember. And yeah. he, he was fine. He was whatever. Goodell is uh, played out. I'm, I'm looking forward to whoever the hell the next person is going to be. But yeah, and this is big business now. So these commissioners don't give these jobs up very easily. No. GD Gary Bettman is still the NHL commissioner. And Mr. Bobblehead, yep. you know, the important thing is yeah. he's ridiculous. Um, the one thing I would say about the memorabilia department really quickly, you have uh, a mother who appreciates these things more yes. than, than mine would. I got a, a, a gift for my folks It's the most thoughtful thing I, I could, I could do it at 17, 18 years old. It is a huge panoramic photo of game seven of the 04 Stanley cup finals and the lightning are raising the cup. And all the way on the left-hand side, there's a magnifying glass that I gave it with him. You can see us where yeah. our seats were. So it's like, Hey, this, here's our moment in time. And they enjoyed it. Didn't get the whole, like, you know, it, it's like when you work, <laughs> when you work a room or you have a speech, like I nailed that. And you get like a, yeah, yeah. Okay, thought I deserved a little better than that. Years later, I got her a tea kettle because hers was busted. And she goes, every time I come, I love that tea kettle. This <laughs> gift <laughs> you ever got me. I'm like, well, hey. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. But yeah. okay. Okay. Giving, gi- giving gifts to parents isn't unlike giving gifts to children. You just <laughs> never know. You <laughs> never know. Like I gave, I spent so much money on that Millennium Falcon that yeah. I gave uh, Bryce yeah. all those years ago. It's you know, it's one of the coolest things ever. It's gigantic. It's got all the bells and whistles. He played with it one time, yeah. one time to the point where I was like, I'm going to give it to Tom. I, this is useless. Or, uh, you gave Matthew. it to Matthew, yeah, for Director Matthews. Yeah, I gave it to Matthew. Yeah, and it's greatly appreciated in that house, as I understand it. So it should be. It's like 450 bucks. It's the best, it's the best damn thing ever. <laughs> That's the only time he ever called me of should I get this for my son? I was like, hell yeah, it was wrong, dude. You called the wrong man. I did. I for, yeah, you are knee deep in geekdom when it comes to that stuff. I, I uh I was um at the Toys R Us, rest in peace, and uh and I was sitting in there and I saw that thing on the top shelf. It was collecting dust because nobody could afford it. And I was sitting there looking at it and I thought. Should I pull the trigger on this thing? It's ridiculous. It's gaudy. Yeah. But when I was a little kid, I would have thought that was the coolest thing ever because I collected Star Wars figures, believe it or not. And I could only imagine what I would have thought. And so then I did. But Bryce was like, eh. Yeah. He treats Star Wars the way I treat Star Wars. <laughs> I wonder how that happens. You no, know, there's really like, you know, Bryce has the weirdest worldviews. I'm like, yeah, I mean, come on, man. No, 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 no. You gotta understand, as a little kid, I love Star Wars. Yeah, I yeah. Tom, I was alive. You were not when Star Wars came out. I went to the theater with my stepdad and stepbrothers to see Star Wars. Hey man, I was 13 when the Phantom Menace hit theaters <laughs> and Liam Neeson's running around with yeah. Ian McGregor. Yeah, yeah. I went to the first, the second, and the third. I know that's not the 
the order of the Star Wars. You know, all that. Yeah, five, six, I, I, baby. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that, but I, uh, I loved all of them. Well, I did not like uh, Revenge of the whatever. Um, I did Return of the Jedi. It was originally Revenge of the Jedi, but they thought that that was a little aggressive in the name, so they went with Return over. Yeah, Revenge, Revenge is the better name. It is. And I, uh, but I, I, Empire Strikes Back is still the best one. Oh. Uh, and I say that as somebody who's not seen any of the other subsequent. Ones. <laughs> well, I just I want to know how excited you are for the uh, the Bad Batch uh, new season coming out this. Month. I don't know what that is. Oh, really? It's called the Bad Batch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a. Uh, it's basically clones, uh, you know, the Clone Wars. So these are clones that were, uh, they're kind of not deformed, but like mutated. And so they're, they're, they're basically a rogue group that are, uh, they, they pull off. It's basically the A team meets Star Wars, essentially, <laughs> yeah. is what it is. No, I'll probably miss that one, Tom. I got to oh, come on, man. <laughs> they got a guy like Mr. T. His name is Wrecker. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. You're going to have to, uh, you know what I didn't know? I, I didn't realize that John Favreau's become the god of all things Star Wars. But it's Dave Filoni, but Favreau uh, was the front facing man for Mandalorian, which the first two seasons are really good. The third one was Dud of Duds. Okay. Well, I have no idea. I've missed them all. Uh, we'll come back, wrap it up momentarily. Jeff Carriage at 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, friends, let's talk about Factor. That's right. Two-minute meals fuel you up fast. Factor's restaurant quality meals at that, ready to heat and eat whenever you are. I use them for my family. I use them every day to eat nutritiously, but also I'm on the go, and I want something calorie smart. There are times where I'll go a week worth of Factors for lunch, and I'll just go vegan or veggie. Other times I go pure keto. I can worry about, you know, whether it's vegetable-based uh, or protein-based or meat-based or whatever it might be, they have the options for you all the way around. Sign up and save. They've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout every time you do it. It's also flexible to your schedule. Head to factormeals.com slash Cameron50. I'm going to save you some money, guys. Do it up. It's delicious. Cameron50. Use code Cameron50 to get 50% off. That's code Cameron50 at factormeals.com slash Cameron50 to get 50% off. Trust me, delicious. You'll thank me. A lot of variety. Tasty. Factormeals.com slash Cameron50. The Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. I walked around and settled in, disappeared for days again. Most of us were staying in, lazy like the sky. Not staying at home and you're headed out to a party and you're being asked to bring something, don't forget about our friends at Zaxby's. Obviously, proud Golden Chief Boosters doing the right thing on behalf of Florida State for over 19 years. Plus, you can't go wrong walking through the door with a big old Zaxby's platters of chicken fingers with the Zax sauce and the Texas toast. Forget about it. Go do it. Zaxby's. 
There are 67 locations here in Tallahassee. Should make it very easy for you. Mm. Go find one of those Zaxby's. All right. Everybody knows we like to do the over-unders. So over-under 67 receiving yards for George Kittle in the Super Bowl. Uh, under. Okay. It's a good number, though. It's it, a great number. Good job by you. Yeah, it's a great number. I'm going to go under. I think he has 60. Um, but I, I, I just think they're going to lean so heavy on the run. Hey, let's have fun with it. Let's give a prediction here before we leave. I think we've kind of handed at it all week long. I think it's a toss-up Super Bowl. I'm leaning Kansas City to win the game because of current form. San Francisco's form is not that of the team we saw in Week 7, Week 8, Week 9, Week 10. I wish it were because they would win the game. They were the better team during the course of the season. They haven't played like the better team in the postseason. Kansas City went on the road not once but twice and found a way to get it done. They've got an outstanding defense. Eileen KC, my heart is pulling for San Fran. Never thought I'd say that. I used to hate San Francisco uh, back in the day because they won all the time, and I got tired of Joe Montana and all that nonsense. But uh, I'll be rooting for him this time around, and I'll take him to win 24-21. If this follows the pattern of, and there you go on the under, um, if this yeah. follows the pattern of the Buccaneers Super Bowl, which is the whole week you're looking around saying, how is it possible that this number is this way? The circumstances matter. You know, Kansas City didn't have their tackles. Then the Chiefs are going to win this football game. But if they don't, we're going to go back and say the teach here is that the AFC was overrated the whole way through. The AFC was overrated the whole way through. And if the San Francisco 49ers win this game going away, I'm going to be pissed because that means the Bucs could have won the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you went there. Oh, man. Hey, good work, brother. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Uh, thanks to everybody out there. You guys have a great weekend. Enjoy the game. And uh, we'll be back with you on Monday. Peace.